Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Happy stampeding right here from Stampede Central at the Stampede Breakfast that we're having here at uh, C3 Church. So I just wanted to say on behalf of uh, all of us uh, in Calgary, yee-hoo! And I have my cowboy boots with me. Actually, technically only one. I just have my cowboy boot. But uh, you got to get in the spirit of uh, what's going on here at uh, Calgary. And we are having a stampede. That's very exciting. And just to stay in the spirit of it all, uh, I got myself branded. So uh, I think that's pretty cool, uh, whatever the, that ranch 77 is. I think it's a pretty good number. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk to you this morning about one of the hot topics that uh, I've been given. We've been given, and, and uh, the hot topics are pretty hot. And um, I can't wait for some of the others that are going to be preached this summer. Um, there are uh, a few that are going to be super hot, so don't miss one of them. They're really, really good. Um, part of the thing that I want to remind us of is as we've just come out of 16, 16 months of um, being, being uh, yeah, terrorized or whatever you want by, this, uh, by the pandemic that's been happening, um, we're still trying to figure out sources of truth. And I don't know if you're like me or not, but not every news feed is accurate. And um, we've been told... Now, maybe the, you know that, that um, we can take off our masks. We believed the government when they said, take your masks, uh, put, put them on. So we put them on. Uh, most of us put them on. And, um, and then they said we can take them off. And some of us are taking them off. Um, we've been told to, uh, yeah, get vaxxed, stay vaxxed. Um, I have no comment about any of that stuff. But the one thing I had probably the most difficulty with, and that was social distancing, and staying away from people when uh, I believe we're meant to touch the people that we love. And I do that often. So if you ever show up at church and I touch you, it's a sign of affection and connection and love. Um, babies can't live without touch. I think you all know the studies on that. And so anyway, here we are having a pancake breakfast here. And you're at home in your living room or on your device sitting in a stoplight or wherever you are. Um, I wanted to bring to you the topic that I've been given and that is, what would you say to someone who's never heard about Jesus? And uh, it's a great privilege for me to share about my favorite person in the entire universe, and that's Jesus. So I want to try to talk about that a little bit and give you a message of hope today. Um, it, is, uh, it is a real delight to be online, and we plan on staying online, of course. And uh, we thank you for, for, for showing up and continuing to show up. And at the end of this, I'm going to pray for people. I want to pray uh, specifically for families today. But um, I basically wanted to remind everybody, if you didn't know, haven't heard about Jesus, you never heard about Jesus, um, you can trust him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Once we choose him to be the way, we find out that he is the truth. And then he gives us and leads us on a path of great life. And that's the text I want to basically start with. I've titled my message, Jesus Take the Wheel. Uh, once again, in the spirit of the stampede. But we're told in John chapter 10, verse 10, and most of you know this passage, but it says, 
this, that the thief's purpose, and there is a thief, is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, the NLT says, my purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. What would I say to somebody um, who hadn't heard about Jesus? I would say that he came so that you could have a full life, so you could have a meaningful life. Um, I think most people would say, we want to have a meaningful life. Uh, now, Jesus doesn't say he's going to give you a, a, a happy life. He says he'll give us a meaningful life. And so that's the topic I want to talk about today. And um, if you're interested, he puts that invitation out uh, to anybody who's interested in having a great life. And I, so I know that you will agree with me that we are looking for ways to have a great life. And I want to talk about that. Let me just open with a story. Um, and it kind of fits in with our topic. It's a story about a young Uber driver from, uh, he's, he's uh, in Australia. And I read this on a blog this week, uh, Michael Frost's blog, who's an Australian. And he'd been driving uh, Ubers for a number of years. And um, he conducted a social survey that I think would be worthy of PhD funding because he had surveyed, he had said over 3,000 people individually. And he basically asked them this question. Um, he ha and so he said, if you could have anybody, dead or alive, driving the car right now to your destination, who would you like driving the car? Uh, I love Michael Frost's answer. He said, I would like Jesus to take the wheel. And his point was this, is that he was just interested in having a, a, a dialogue with Jesus in, in, in the Uber car. And I just think that's probably would be many of our um, choices uh, many of us know Jesus from the scripture. Uh, some of you know Jesus by interacting with his spirit. But uh, what about a face-to-face -face conversation? And, uh, and one day we'll be able to do that. But, but uh, the question today about what would you tell somebody who had never heard about Jesus, um, I think this is pretty, a pretty hefty bit of information of who would it like to be. And so just thinking about our culture right now, who, do you, who would you like to be driving you? And and having a dialogue with. Um, Michael went on to say how much that uh, when he asked, well, why would you want to have a conversation with Jesus? And he, he listed off a number of things, first being he had so much compassion. Uh, he had so much wisdom. Um, he, was, uh, he lifted the downtrodden and stopped, stopped to talk to the social misfits of the day, the prostitutes and the children. Uh, he focused on justice for minorities. And he did some wild things in commanding nature, and, and nature obeyed him. He loved healing the sick. Um, he loved to have fun and joke. Um, you need to read the New Testament and see the times when, then when he would uh, use a pun. And uh, I think the puns are fun as well. So does Jesus. Uh, he would finally die for the sins of all mankind, raise, rise again, and ascend to heaven and totally annihilate the devil in a public manner. Uh, that's why Michael says, I'd like to talk to him. And, and here's what he did. He, he would invite all, this is what Jesus did. If you've never heard about Jesus before, uh, he would invite all who wanted to come and join him in the recreation of the world of justice, peace, harmony, and great joy. I think, I think that many of you would think Jesus is cool. Yeah, the Uber, Uber driver, when asked, said, well, so by the way, how, how many people want, gave that answer. And he says, surprisingly, hardly anyone was interested in any of the gurus of the world, he said. Not Buddha, not uh, Muhammad. 
and rarely somebody like Jesus. They just didn't share that. They weren't interested. Uh, of course, they wanted to have a talk with Stevie Wonder was one of them, Lady Gaga, Oprah, and uh, one of the all-time favorites, Bob Dylan. Uh, hardly comparable to the king of the universe. However, I just think that that was an interesting tell about people. But as I talk to people, I find that they're actually intrigued with Jesus if they know about him. They know him to be a great ethical and moral teacher and instructor. Um, they know him to have had great compassion on people. And, uh, and I also am quite aware, and maybe you're aware, that how, how uh, antagonistic and how brutal he was with the uh, religious elite of that day. Um, which, by the way, I'm kind of in that category as a paid professional minister as well. So um, he may be talking about me when he is upset with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, but anyway, um, you may agree that, that, um, that people um, are pretty okay with Jesus, but they're maybe not that okay with those who say they represent him. And I have found that to be true as well. And as well, and even currently, their view of the church, which, by the way, is his bride. And there's such an interesting story in Acts chapter 26. And it's a story of uh, Paul when, when he was then called Saul, and he got knocked off his horse, kind of a good stampede reference as well. But he got knocked off his horse, and it said a voice... I don't know if you've read this before or not. I just read this uh, this morning. It said, he fell off his horse and he heard a voice saying in Aramaic. Does anybody ever wonder what voice or what language Jesus speaks? Well, he spoke to Paul in Aramaic. And he says in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's, it, it, is it hard for you to fight against my will? And, and Paul spoke back to the vision. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one who you are persecuting. Um, what was Paul doing? He was, he was persecuting the church, and he was talking not very nicely about the church, and he was, felt like he was on a mission to uh, actually uh, eradicate the world of the way and those followers of Jesus. And uh, let me just go on record as saying the church isn't perfect, but it's the purchased bride of Christ, and we need to be careful how we refer to it. Uh, unless you want to get knocked off your horse and have a vision, say, hey, careful how you talk about my church, my bride. Here we have a, just an interesting story about Jesus. And um, although his sermons, if you read through the New Testament, you'll see his sermons are, are, seem to be a little cryptic with hidden meanings in them. His actions towards social justice and his voice to the voiceless and his proclamations of peace and, and relieving suffering to all who came his way, who is not for justice and joy these days. Uh, if you've never heard uh, about Jesus, he was a sensational human being that in three short years, three, just over three short years, transformed the world, and he's still transforming the world today. I want to share just a little bit more about that. Um, on the other hand, those who oppressed, who were, uh, those who oppressed uh, people, those who abused their power, those who put burdens and demands uh, rather than lift them off. He was especially upset about. And, and, he, and those who demanded everybody conform to a specific form of esoteric holiness um, uh, or insisting on their rights 
were directly in the crosshairs of this man from Galilee. What would I say to someone who's never heard about Jesus before? Uh, he, was, he was one of the most beautiful human beings that ever lived. And he pushed back against injustice in the world. And his final goal and one of the goals was that everybody who came to him, he wanted them to have a great and a full life. So let me just share a little bit more uh, of that. I, I think that for us to understand uh, the promise of life, we read a little further in John chapter 17. He wasn't promising life uh, by that, not just a heartbeat, not, not a life form, but actually a quality of life. And that's what he promised to Nicodemus. He said that uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him uh, wouldn't perish, um, but would have a quality of life known as zoe, or, which is a Greek term for a quality of life. And, and specifically, it means the quality of life possessed by the one who gives it. Um, when you look at this offer, it is stunning what he's offering us. He didn't promise happiness or comfort or ease or even safety, but he promised us a quality of life. Uh, the scripture uses it, uh, often refers to it as, as eternal life. It's a quality of life that's heavenly. And in John chapter 17 and verse 2, it says, and this is, uh, this is, um, and this is the eternal life, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ, the one who sent to earth. Here's what I'd say to people who hadn't heard about Jesus before. He came to offer a quality of life for anyone that's interested. And I hope today if somebody who's watching may be interested in receiving Christ and in doing so will find a brand new quality and purpose and meaning to life. Um, the, let me just unravel that a little bit more. In John chapter 4, and First uh, John chapter 4, um, it reminds us of one of the most powerful forces on earth. And I'm going to mention a second, one of the most destructful forces on earth. One of the most powerful forces on earth is love. Um, he says that God is love. And everyone that loves knows and experiences God. You could probably say that the Bible was trying to say this. If we experience God, we will love. Those who are experiencing his love uh, will be those who love. Are you interested in a quality of life that involves experiencing love and sharing that love with others? Let me suggest to you that one of the most uh, valuable uh, and, and highest uh, qualities that we can have in the world, and, and that is to be in meaningful relationship with other people and learning to love them and receiving love as well. That's one of the reasons that Jesus came. So he says that anybody who's born of God, know, uh, born of God knows God. Yeah, and that word know means to experience. So, so anybody that's born of God. So, so once we have the experience of being born again, we can actually experience that love and have a tangible encounter with who he is. Anybody who doesn't love doesn't know God. So if your uh, walk with God is making you meaner, uh, it's not working. You can't, if it's making you more critical and cynical, and it, then, then the Bible says that you're not connected to God. And so we get to make a choice moment by moment that when we experience him, we can also experience his love. 
Um, um, one of the greatest deceptions is not an outright lie. One of the greatest deceptions is a, is a lie that's mixed with a little bit of truth. And this is many times how the media manipulates the people. Um, this is how culture started, with a little bit of truth and a big, big old lie hidden in there. Um, we need to be careful um, about what we trust and the messages we hear. But when we're connected to Christ, he says he is the truth. He becomes our plumb line of what is true and real in the world. Um, Truth is not just what the Word of God says, but it's all that the Word implies. When truth is applied with an impure motive, it's no longer a truth. And that's why the motive can be off. And and this can happen. It happens in in politics. It happens in uh, business. And it happens in churches where you, you take a truth but you apply it with an impure motive. And, and that is one of the most destructive forces on earth, and that's selfishness. This is the primary reason for divorce, for disunity, for disharmony in the world, is selfishness. And Jesus came with the express purpose of allowing you and welcoming you to coming one of the, somebody That was like him, one of the most selfless people in the world by even laying down his life as a young man and giving up his life. And I found in my life that to be completely true, that the only way I'm able to deal with my selfish desires is to submit them to Christ. The world is full of selfish uh, people. When Jesus died for our sins, we died with him, which is one of the greatest defeats ever. And the absolute defeat in history was the resurrection. More than just a man raised from physical death, it was a man who became all the sins of the world, suffered every consequence of those sins, past, present, and future, and then rose again from the dead. And those who are in Christ rise with him too, which is our picture of death, burial, and resurrection in baptism. And it says of Christ that he conquered and stripped all principalities and powers, me too. And all the handwriting of the law that was written against us, me too, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14, and he eradicated that. So now there is no legitimate means for any enemy to condemn us, nor any means or ability for us to condemn ourselves. How does he deal with guilt? By offering us freedom. Is anybody interested in being free? If anybody's seen a moose in a, in a zoo, you know how... There's a bit of sadness in me because I've seen a moose that's free. Jesus came so that you and I might have freedom. And, and so, freedom from guilt. Um, what about for stress? He offers peace. What about for anxiety? He offers hope. Every virtue that Jesus offers as the way, the truth, and the life is what we want and what we admire in other people. If you were to ask yourself, do this little study yourself, uh, over, over the stampede season, over the summer, Find the people that you're most attracted to, and you'll find that one of the qualities, the most endearing qualities of any person is selflessness. And this is why Jesus came, to help us overcome our selflessness and give us a life to be able to serve and love and give and care. One of the clearest proofs of love is a desire to give. Let me give us a hint for you and I of of how we can do that. Um, I know it happens... He, in in uh, 1 uh, John chapter 2, 
and verse 7, it says, I'm going to write you, I'm not writing you a new commandment, for it's an old one. Uh, you've always had right from the beginning. And this commandment is to love one another. The same message you heard before, yet it's all, and, and, and it se- seems new, but this, the commandment is true in Christ and is true among you because darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anybody says, I'm living in the light, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person's still living in darkness. But anybody who loves other Christians or others is living in the light and does not cause anyone to stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is living and walking in darkness. Such a person is lost, having been blinded uh, by the darkness. I feel this is really important. And here's what Jesus does. He gives us this strategy. So he, he invites us to the way, the truth, and the life. And then he gives us this strategy. It's found in Matthew chapter seven, six, uh, 5. And most of you know it. But he gave us what we call the golden rule. And it requires incredible self-awareness. How would you like to be treated? He says, go and treat others that way. How would you like to be, what kind of an email would you like to receive? What kind of a text message you want to receive? Uh, what would you... What would, here's, here's, why am I saying this? I said because we've been living in relative isolation for so long. One of the most dehumanizing things that's taken place for us. But, but, but when we're in Christ, we want to give. We want to care. We want to touch. We want to love. And like I said, I think we should always touch the people we love. And so don't be offended. Forgive me in advance if I touch you. It's just an expression of connection and an expression of love. So he, he gives us this. And the golden rule only works when we work when we're willing to actually lay aside those things that we want and desire of ourselves and serve and give and care for another. That's the proof of love, a desire to give. And, and that, my friend, uh, is, becomes our motto. It's not about me. And he offers us that quality of life. <clears throat> Let me summarize by saying connecting with others and being in relationships, uh, many people are afraid to do that because it's a terrifying a proposition, but it's the only way to learn to experience love. I find people, uh, one of the best ways to deal with the depression or the best ways um, to deal with uh, loneliness is just get off of yourself and begin to go and care for others. Let me give you a clue. Um, um, I, I hear people many times wanting to uh, get into, wanting to get married, and you know what can happen is that you can be in marriage but still not connected. One of the most lonely places to be is to be in a committed relationship like marriage, but not be connected. I'm going to offer you a solution for that today. Is, is for, for each of us, we need to learn to connect again. We've been disconnected, and we need to learn to connect again. Uh, I'm going to offer you a very simple, simple solution like that. Um, you can't give what you don't have. You, so, so what we need to do, first of all, is we need to have a vital relationship connecting to Christ. And then the people around us. I, I would challenge you to do something like this. Ask them this. What are, what are three or four things? What are just three things that would make you feel loved? If we, and then my next, my next challenge, why don't we do that? Why don't we reconnect with people again? Let's, let's ask the Lord to show us how to reconnect. Not distance, but reconnect. I hope you're hearing me today. Um, my closing thought would be this, is um, when we're getting together with people and, we're, and you want to connect, um, listen, um, if you could just get off yourself and, and not say how tough you've had it, how you've been branded, how you've been mistreated, 
uh, how you've been feeling lonely, how, you, you know, and, and people will begin to check out. But here's what you do. Ask them, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, let me, w- w- would you just tell me about how, how are you feeling? It becomes instantly a connection for you. Could we just learn to reconnect? And one of the reasons, if you don't know about Jesus, one of the things I'd say to you is he came to connect us to God, to our purpose, to our identity, to our destiny. But he also came to connect us to other people. I'm so thankful that we're gathering together even though it's online. And I'm thankful that we can gather again in person. You're welcome. Come every week. We'll be waiting for you. And don't be surprised if we touch you. If you don't want to be touched, um, I'm not sure, what, I'm not sure how, how I can help you with that. But, but one of the ways we feel valued is just by drawing out of other people uh, some of their interests and learning about them. And you'll find that eventually they'll start to ask about you as well. But, but could we just, over these next... Uh, these next few weeks, include others in our world and learn to connect with other people and, and learn to love others and commit to love and walk in love and ask the Holy Spirit to empower us to give and to share. And, if, and, and eventually, someone's going to ask you, uh, what is it and why do you do that? And you'll be able to give them the answer. And that is because Jesus is alive in me, the greatest servant that ever walked the earth the most magnetic human being in all of history, and the most powerful individual that has ever walked the face of the earth. Let me pray for you today. If you're feeling separated from people, you're feeling isolated from your family, I just feel this particular burden for families right now that have been disconnected. You may not have been able to fly. You may not have been able to drive to see them. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray if your family feels um, separated a little bit. If you're, if you're separated from friends, I want to pray that God would um, cause you today to give you an opportunity to reach out and to give and to share and reignite a, brand, a, a fresh love for those around us. Father, I thank you today for everybody that's listening and watching. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability to love others, but it begins by us first having an encounter with you. We love because we've first been loved. I thank you that Today, if someone is separated from their family, they can still reach out by phone, by text, by a letter. Ask how they're doing. Lord, let the connections be established between moms and dads and their kids. Father, I pray for friendships that have been strained because of opinions, and we've just carelessly used words, and they brought division. God, forgive us for careless words that we've spoken. And Lord, I pray for this a beautiful bond of peace that you can establish between the people that you've called us to be in relationship with. Father, thank you that we've been able to share your word today. Give us a hunger to know you and a deeper dimension, I pray, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Happy stampeding, everybody. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.